welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I hope you are all excited for the evening. We're going to have some incredible things going on. But before we bring you guys on the air, we have some things to take care of. And the very first thing is to remind you that if you would like to call in and read tonight, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you would like to call in and share with us tonight. We are going to do some announcements real quick, so let's get through that so we can get you guys on the air. First of all, if you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with me, let me know right away. We do need a couple for the next uh, month and a half. We have two Thursdays. We're going to be running a workshop, so if you would like to put one of those together, otherwise I'm going to have to do it, and you all hear me talk way too much anyway. All right, so shoot me a message on Facebook. If you're not on my Facebook page, the easiest way to get a hold of me would be there. You can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, like New York and Los Angeles. Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A is my last name. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to put together. You can pre-record these on your computer if you would like, and then send them to me via either Facebook or email, the MP3 file. I can call you and set up a conference call and I can pre-record it with you or for you, maybe do a short interview of you at the beginning and talk about who you are and what you're going to do and blah, 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 yada, yada, and then I'll mute my mic and you just go till you're done. All right, so we can set it up that way, or we can do a combination of both. We can do a live segment to the show and then pre, uh, do the pre-recorded or play the pre-recorded and and come on live at the end to answer questions or whatever. This, you don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on, you guys. You can do it on anything you want, even if it's something you've never been, done before. Like, say so you've never written a sonnet. And so you come on and say, okay, guys, so I've always really been interested in a sonnet and have never written one, so we're going to together learn how to write a sonnet tonight and play with this and just talk. I mean, you could even bring people on and talk about, you know, maybe someone who's written one or blah, 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 yada, yada, whatever you want to do. Let's just set it up and do it and have fun. All right, the next thing is I want to thank our sponsors. This is so vitally important, you guys. We would not – we've been on the air for 15 years now, and with the way things have changed, we would not still be able to be on the air if it were not the, for the help that this community gets from you guys, from the sponsors who help cover a portion of the broadcasting license that I pay every year for our channel. So I want to make sure that you guys get the recognition recognition you deserve every single time we're on the air. You deserve to be told thank you over and over and over again because without you guys, we literally would not be here right now. So our 2022 sponsors who helped contribute towards our 2022 broadcasting license are Karen Depthrider DeWitt, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Douglas Curry, George Wiley, Vicki Aqua, Debbie Kelly, Annie Tillery Waldo, Timothy Melton. We have Kevin Kraft, Alana Morris, Ronald P. Bremner, Jade Mist. We haven't heard from her in a while. Todd Carter, Paula Sweet, Lori Binder, Glenn Combs, and Trina Pierce. Thank you guys so much. I also want to thank you, all of you who made donations anonymously 
in the memory of John Music Mankays, our Appalachian poet, Philip Kent Church, Rain Man, Rain Neighbors, Glenn Still, Charles C.B. Banks, Cherry Rose, King's Cadence, and Rick Smith II. Thank you guys so much. Keeping you guys always in our hearts. All right, so now, do you guys know what time it is? Do you? Do you? That was a question. This will give you a hint. Inspiration from the Inkwell, our mini workshop. (laughs) So, guys, as I go through this portion of the show, if I happen to go too fast or go off on a tangent or lose you somewhere, don't panic. You can always come back after the show is over and re-listen to the beginning of the program to grab what you miss. All right? So we are going to start out with something that we were doing something else. We were doing your community prompt, but I changed that because I saw something today. And then I thought, oh, I'm going I'm to use that to open the show with tonight. And then it was like, but this is actually kind of cool. And, and, then, and then what happens, just like everything that ever enters my brain, it turns into a kaleidoscope over and over again, swirling around and it comes something totally different and huge that should have just, you know, like, I'll shut off the light. No, instead, I'm going to climb up and blow out every single star, <laughs> right? So I'm going to, for a while, until I, until I don't, we're going to do one, a prompt called A Reason to Eat Cake. All right. And this is fun for me because I'm always finding, I love cake. Actually, I don't like cake. I like frosting. World is a venue for frosting. If I could just sit in a giant tub of frosting, I would be content for the rest. It has to be better cream, though. I would be content for the rest. I'd like a swimming pool full of frosting. Yum. Anyway, so any reason I can find to make cake. One of my friends has a birthday who lives in Japan. I'll make a cake for them and take a picture and send it to them, you know. Always finding reasons to make cake. Oh, what? It's national... Ballpoint pen day, I'm going to make a pen pen cake. I don't care. So that's where this kind of stems from, just because it's kind of fun to just be able to celebrate things. And so I was looking at today, um, let's see, how am I going to do this? Because I didn't write this down. I literally just thought of this right before the show. I was was playing with this. Um, So your reason to eat cake prompt Let's see, how am I going to do How am I going to do this, you guys? Let me pull up the page that I have it on. So anyway, I was looking up this day in writing history because I saw something about Rudyard Kipling, Rudyard Kipling winning the Nobel Prize, and it said that he won it today. But I was pretty sure that it was like in December. It was in, it was in the wintertime that he won the Nobel Prize because I was, had read about it. Anyway, so I was looking that up, and... and uh, found that, and then it led me to this day in literary history page. And I was looking at it, and on this day, on August 18th in 15, or no, in 1782, romantic age poet and artist William Blake, at the age of 24, marries Catherine Brasher, 19, in St. Mary's Church, in London. So on this day in 1782, William Blake was getting married at the age of 24. Pretty cool, huh? That's a reason to eat cake. So I was thinking with this prompt, reason to eat cake, 
that it would be fun to write a poem with that title, A Reason to Eat Cake. I mean, how fun would that be? Think of all the different things you could use to write to that, all right? And then I thought, well, what if someone did it as an abstract thing about their life? So on a journal page, write, you know, a reason to eat cake, and then every single day go on and write whatever reason it was that you have to eat cake that day. Like uh, ATM gave me an extra $20, or the barista at Dutch Brothers smiled at me. And, you know, uh, my neighbor moved out and gave me their fire pit. I don't know, whatever. Where did I come from? I want a fire pit really bad. Anyway, so just every day you wrote down whatever your reason is to eat cake that day. And then I thought, how cool would it be to write a book where every poem has the same title, A Reason to Eat Cake? How many different, could you write, because if you put 30, between 32 and 60 poems in a book, usually 32 poems is the perfect size for a chat book. So what if you wrote 32 poems with that same title, but completely different subjects and poems to go with it? Now that is an amazing challenge, and it's quirky and fun and different than just putting out poems saying, the best of by me, so read this book like, why should I read this book? I don't know who you are, person over there that I don't know. Oh, wait a minute, what? 32 poems about reasons to eat. I'm reading that book. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying that book. You know, so think about that, marketing and stuff. What's going to attract someone's attention? What's going to get them excited? And that would be a really cool thing. And it didn't matter if every single person out there, you know, maybe we could start like the the – you know, every month another one gets published, kind of like the, the Britannia, uh, what are they, what are they, what were they called? Encyclopedias, right? There's volumes. So we have the Speakeasy, you know, here's the Speakeasy Cafe, volume 32, book of A Reason to Eat Cake. And there's, because nothing in the book would be exactly the same. It would be awesome. See how things go from just a little idea and grow into something crazy. So a reason to eat cake. There's your, your like, kind of just an impromptu prompt. So now let's get to the serious stuff. Let's get to your real workshop things, all right? <laughs> so we're going to go over your poetry prompts. And remember, you will be using these prompts in all the writing activities for this week. So you'll want to write them down. So have like, your pen and paper, journal, whatever it is you're writing in, have that out. All right, and I'm going to go through these, so write them down. Remember I said if you miss any, you can come back after the show's over and grab them then, so don't panic, and I'll be going through these a couple of times uh, for you. But remember as I do this, all right, these are your poetry prompts for the week. That means they are meant to grow into poems. Poems are like seed plant, seeds planted, all right? With that said... The prompt can be the title of your poem, it can be a line in your poem, or it can just be the general concept of your poem. But beyond that, whatever you do with it is up to you. So I'm going to run through these real quick. Go ahead and number your page 1 through 15. You ready? 1. Voices in the Mirror. Isn't that an awesome one? (laughs) Voices in the Mirror. Number 2. Just a Breath Before Midnight. 
and I'll leave the interpretation of that entirely up to you because you could do whatever you want with it. Just a breath before midnight. Three, searching empty streets. Searching empty streets. Four, spoiled on the vine. Spoiled on the vine. Number five, symphony of fire. Symphony of fire. Six, there's no cure for a beast like me. There's no cure for a beast like me. Number seven, 341 in the morning. 341 in the morning. Number eight, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. Nine, the weaver. The weaver. Ten, I've been down this road before. I've been down this road before. Number 11, off leash. I like that one too. Off leash. Number 12, I was made for this. I was made for this. Number 13, down where the Mill Creek flows. Down where the Mill Creek flows. 14, neither day nor night. Neither day nor night. And 15, should never have opened that door. Should never have opened that door. So there you go. Those are your 15 prompts for the week. You can write one poem to each prompt if you would like, or you can mix and match. You can take line 14 and go to 8 and grab 5, and how about, let's start 11 just for shits and giggles. All right? Use them, mix and match them, use them however you want. Or you can get real froggy, and you can write one poem using all 15 prompts. That would be a challenge. Major kudos if you do that. <laughs> but before you sit down and write to any of these prompts, you need to do your writing exercise for the week. And remember I said those prompts are going to be used in all your writing activities. This is the first one. So your writing exercise for the week, we are working on your pick apart a prompt exercise. <laughs> okay, so doing your pick apart a prompt writing exercise. This is too meant, and maybe it's a good or bad thing, but this is meant to highlight that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is far more important than what you write to it. Okay, that part's cool. What this is going to do, because if you do anything 27 times, it becomes a habit. What this does is it trains your brain not to settle on the first knee-jerk reaction image that pops into your brain when you hear something that inspires you. It allows you to look beyond the typical things that you immediately pull up because your brain has muscle memory with its thoughts, just like anything else. So I say something inspires you, your brain is going to pull up the most familiar images first. But what happens if you take a moment, pause, and start looking behind that? All right? That's what this is going to help you do. So 
in an in essence, you are going to be training your brain to immediately when it hears something that inspires it, instead of stopping, you know, maybe making a couple flutters and a stop, you'll start flipping through ideas like a kaleidoscope or like a, you know, those old slide projectors that just go click, 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 click. It'll train you to automatically just start dissecting without even having to put any thought into it, which is exactly what happens to me when I think about something like let's eat cake, which I said maybe that's not a good thing, right? Because <laughs> you just run away with things. But that's kind of exactly what I'm talking about. Instead of just saying, oh, let them eat cake, I, that entered my brain, and all of a sudden, instead of me just saying, oh, it could be this one thing, my brain started reeling and was thinking all of the things it could be, and that's how this, that you know, uh, let them eat cake thing got got worked out to be what it is. Yeah, now your new writing exercise thingy. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing because when you get beyond the first knee-jerk reaction, you're going to start writing the things that only you can write. You're no longer writing the basic or the typical. You're writing the poems that are different than everybody else's. So with that said, what I want you to do is I want you to take the first prompt that I gave you, which was Voices in the Mirror, and I want you to write that at the top of the page. Then I want you to write, instead of writing a poem to it yet, what I want you to do is I want you to make a list of at least six different poems you could write to that prompt. So the first ones will be ideas that come to you fairly quickly. But then you're going to have to slow down and really kind of think, how can I take this prompt apart and make it something else? How can I give it a different face? How can I give it a different meaning? What are the things it can stand for? How many pictures could I paint with these colors? That's kind of a good analogy. You know, you've got a, a bunch of shades of blue in front of you. And I think, how many different pictures could you paint, but you're using the, sa the same shades blue in every single picture? The number is infinite. Also, is it the same for your art, your poetry? How many different poems could you write using the same prompt? All right. When you're done with the first one, I want you to go on to the second and the third and the fourth, all the way down until you have at least six different ideas for poems you could write to each of the 12 prompts. And I guarantee you, you will not make it all the way through this without some idea grabbing a hold of you, and you're going to be off and writing. And when you're done, you're just going to sit back and say, wow, I need a cigarette now, because where did that come from, right? Something will grab you and take you off and running, and it's not going to be the normal, typical thing that you write. And you're going to say, oh, God, now I have to tell Nyla I wish she rose right. I don't want to have to tell her. to. Maybe I just won't tell her I did it at all. Okay. It will happen, I promise you, and you'll have fun. So once again, these are your 15 poetry prompts you will be using in your poems and in your pick-apart-a-prompt writing exercise. One, voices in the mirror. Two, just a breath before midnight. Three, searching empty streets. Four, spoiled on the vine. Five, symphony of fire. Six, there's no cure for a beast like me. Seven, 3.41 in the morning. I can see uh, Jimmy Ray's ears perking up at that last one. 7, 3.41 in the morning. 8, ready or not, here I come. 9, the weaver. 
10. I've been down this road before. 11. Off leash. 12. I was made for this. 13. Down where the Mill Creek flows. 14. Neither night nor day. And 15. Never, or or excuse me, 15. Should never have opened that door. All right? Extra credit writing assignment, your free write, which isn't really a free write if I tell you what to do, but um, that's what I'm calling it anyway. With your list of prompts, sometimes it's fun just to sit down and write and write and write and not have to put yourself into the girdle of saying, every time I sit down, I have to write a poem. No, you don't. And it's really bad if you have, if that's what you do. You have to give your time your, your brain time and your muse's time to run free and let go and cut loose because what you get back when you do sit down to write a poem is going to be something much more exciting than if you always keep it on a leash. <laughs> All right. So sit down with these prompts and don't overthink it and just start writing a story. Not a poem, a story, just something random. Just start writing, voices in the mirror started appearing after I drank too much tequila when I was on a cruise to Bombay and just a breath before midnight, uh, the police came in because they'd been searching the empty streets off the dock of the place we were in port at and said they were looking for a really bad guy who was like... uh, fruit that spoiled on the vine so you get the idea you just as you go down you make up a story line by line by line using all 15 lines in the story and it's really fun and you're going to write some silly ridiculous things but again you are learning you're training your brain free flow free (laughs) free flow all right when you sit down to write a poem you are controlling where your brain goes you have to remind it that it's okay to run away with you once in a while. All right, so that's your storytelling extra credit. And then remember, guys, we have a couple of things we've been concentrating on. Um, We have our Blackout Poetry Summer Project, and if you're not familiar with that, jump over onto my Facebook page. Again, uh, contact, if you're on my list, is Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, your Blackout Poetry Summer Project. There are going to be prizes that are giving away. And so far, it's really exciting because I did one, you know, I can't, it's not like, I can't sit there and say, you know, do what I'm telling you to do if I don't do it too, right? So I posted mine, and then it was really fun because other people started posting theirs too. And we have Vicki Aqua and Jimmy Ray. Imagine that. Noreen, Eric, Annie you know, have all been posting on the page. So everybody is in on the drawing. Every time they post it, their name gets put in again. So we'll see who wins the awesome, cool prize. And no, Jimmy, it's not a a date with Nyla that you can give to your wife so I can help her do dishes. Um, (laughs) But I want to thank all of you who've been working on this and posting them and remind all of you that's all you have to do in order to be Uh, entered into the drawing is first you have to do a blackout poem and then you have to post it on my page or if you don't want to post it publicly you can send it to me in a message and that will get you into the drawing 
you're not familiar with blackout poems, basically you take a piece of literature, a newspaper page, it could be a, a restaurant menu, it can be a book page, anything you want, an existing piece of text, and you run through it and read through it, and you know you can use a pencil and like lightly circle things that catch your attention, and then go through it and put together a poem using words off that page. And then you use a blackout marker, and you blackout everything on the page you're not going to use, only leaving the words that make up your poem. And in doing this, you are creating an entirely new piece of writing that is unrecognizable from its original form. Okay? So it's not plagiarism. You're not taking someone else's work. You're just finding words on there to use in a poem. So it's a whole lot of fun. Um, one of the things that kind of adds some some extra fun to this is the fact that it is a very much a visual form of poetry. And so I did one this week where the at the end of my poem it was talking about the universe adding another star. You know the process. You know basically it's a it goes out and steals people and turns them into stars. I don't know what in the heck I was trying to do. But I did it, and it was fun. And so when I blacked out all the words, I blacked them out. But the page, I put stars all over the page to help black them out as well. So it looks really pretty. So you can black out the words however you want if you wanted to draw it something you know artsy to make it ma match your, the poem that you've written. So Or you don't have to at all. You know, It's just one of the things you can do. So, yeah, do those. All of you that have done them so far, I'm very, very proud of you. And uh, I thought it was really cute. Noreen said, I've never done this. I didn't think I could do this. And she's posted two of them today. It's absolutely adorable. Uh, so do those. Remember, as food for our creative souls, you know, you have to, we're focusing on reading, reading, reading. You should always have some book in front of the, you that you can read or with you uh, in your pocket, in your pack, whatever it is. And if you find yourself waiting in line for five minutes, pull it out. You know, and, and just spend a couple minutes reading every day. You have to have that input in order to have output, all right? So you must feed your brain. You are what you eat, and that applies to your brain as well. For our writer's discipline, we have been writing a haiku a day. And remember, a haiku is a three-line poem, American haiku form. Three-line poem with a syllable count of five, seven, five on your three lines. So go out into the world and find something with 17 syllables, Find your haiku. Keep a book with you. Jot it down when it happens. You know, if it's not enough syllables, go back and fix it later. The point is to get it written down when you think about it. Don't ignore your muse. The less you ignore it, if you stop once in a while and listen to it, the more it's going to talk to you. All right? So that is uh, your thing. I want to shout out to you guys, those of you who have been posting your daily haikus. I absolutely love it, love it. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Keep posting them, keep tagging me, and uh, you guys have no idea. You make my toes want to curl. So anyway, that's it. That's it, it for this week's edition of Inspiration from the Inkwell. Remember, if you missed anything, you can come back after the show is over and re-listen to the beginning of the archived podcast. All righty. So we are going to be playing a recording. If you're a recording artist, I always start and end the episodes with a piece by one of our poets. So if you're a recording artist, if you have something recorded, an MP3 file, you want to send them to me, uh, you can send them to me on Facebook and I can pull them off of there, or you can send them to me via email, the T-H-E, that's speakeasycafe at gmail.com. 
MP3 works great. I'll get those uploaded to the show's library, and we will play them for the world. If you're not a recording artist, I highly suggest you do it because it's a lot of fun, and uh, it really kind of changes you as a writer as well. All right. I am going to start the show tonight with a piece by Epiphany called Too Much to Bear. Here we go. Pressure cookers cooking up evil, stirring it up, soup kitchen serving lies, white flies, shoved down throats, breath song, countdown, then everyone choked, sigh, one last sigh, salt falls, death dies, air is free, but we ain't always on our knees, but we should not be, I think I'll pass, no thank you, y'all can kiss my black ass, it bears repeating, y'all can kiss my entire Black ass, do not ask me to dance because it ain't that type of party. I need not endure being fed scraps, scraps of yesterday's gone by, which should be, by the way, long past gone. I cannot inhale excrement, at least not if I do not have to. I suppose I would if not given a choice. But I do have choices and I do not need to and I ain't about to and I refuse to see I do not entertain lies. The playing field is not a game. It never was level. I cannot see changing much anytime soon. Not in this current climate. Rage and hate and deplorable acceptance of straight up murder. Wrong, wrong, wrong and way wrong, too wrong, so wrong. I had to write a poem because I couldn't bear to write a song. The melody just might break my heart for the last time. Sometimes shit is just too much like right. So do they kill niggas for sport? Maybe some sort of exclusive club they think we don't know about. Maybe CMT will air it the real show about reality. This shit is tired. And so am I. Being black in America is breaking my back. And somebody else's neck is raw from a not-so-invisible noose. Y'all want us to do way more than we signed up for. Yet we didn't sign up at all. And really didn't have a contract. Hell no, nah, two on that for a sec or two. I got a saying, run fast, look pretty, play basketball, dance good, all for the entertainment of some fool, all while being sure not to be too, too, too. We can't have me being a threat to y'all motherfuckers. Now that shit wouldn't work, right? I ain't a Nike commercial, so nah, I won't just do it. In fact, fuck that. I ain't doing a damn thing unless I want to not any more Played for the world. All right. 
So now, what do we do now, guys? Oh, I know, I know. I'm so excited. Now it's time for you guys. <laughs> all right, so this is what comes next. First of all, if you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. Just to let you know that if you are on hold right now, we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 575 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading so they don't ping me and ask and take my attention away from you and your read so I can answer them. So make sure that you let everybody know who you are. That's important. And also, you don't you are literally in, in verbally publishing your poem right now. We have 15 years worth of archives. We have 15 years of verbally published poetry in our library. So another 15 years, your poem is going to be sitting there. You want to make sure people know who's reading. So never, ever send your work out into the world without your name on it. So make sure you introduce yourself for me. Right now you can read two poems and keep them right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people that are waiting behind you. Right now you can do two poems. If the lines get too busy, I may have to change that at some point and uh, switch it back to one. If that happens on your turn, I'm terribly sorry. But right now you're good to go at two. When you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. It's really important that people know how to find you and get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read again next week. So make sure you tell people how to find you. And then remember, we have a mature rating, so you are going to hear some crazy stuff here tonight. I never know who's going to be on the other end of that that line when I bring it on. So just prepare yourselves. Buckle up, please, and put your seat in an upright position and extinguish all flammable objects. What you will not hear tonight is you will not hear adult porn poems. We don't have an adult rating. All right, you guys know where that envelope is don't push it past that no bumping body parts no tab a into slot b don't get crazy graphic and you're good to go erotic is fine romantic is fine just you know you know what i'm talking about you know you know don't make me say it i'm not going to say it because we have a mature rating not adult <laughs> okay anyway i'm going to go ahead and give the lineup so you know where you're at i'm going to go down for a bit because um Okay, so our first caller tonight is going to be 575, as I said, followed by 702-731-832-219 and 615. And Clarence, I'm letting you, I went down that far because I wanted to let you know that I see you down there. If something happens and you have to drop your line, I do have you in the rotation. And if we get down to you and you've had to hang up for some reason prior to me getting to you, I'm going to call you back on the studio line, just so you know, because I'm getting tired of this not being able to get you on every week. We're just not going to have that. All right, so anyway, let's go ahead and grab our first caller, 575. Mr. Levi, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you? This is Levi Miracle from New Mexico, Tucumcari. <laughs> well, it's the How other way around. Tucumcari, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> What did you say? How are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Not too shabby. Yeah. How's the weather up there? It is really warm, 
and we've got really warm. some. Uh, yeah. Yeah, really warm, like 101 today. We have smoke oh, from wow. the California fires coming up through the Pacific Northwest right now. That's mm. pretty nuts. But yeah. I haven't been out in it, so I don't care. <laughs> I am sitting in my yeah. nice air-conditioned office drinking blueberry Moscato out of a oh, teacup wow. and matching saucer, sharing poetry <laughs> with you guys. And I have wow. some Thank strawberry you. melon incense burning. So why would I leave this room? I know. I mean, there's no reason at all <laughs> to leave that None. room. <laughs> <laughs> Except for my kittens that sounds out amazing, there. So, you know. So. I, I would bring my kitten, but it walks on my keyboard, and then I lose you guys. So we're not doing that ever again. <laughs> so yeah, that's the only reason this show has to end is yeah, you know, in three hours is because I have to go get my kitten. Right. What do you have for us tonight, Levi? I brought two pieces. The first one I'm going to read um, is entitled "There's a Baby in Heaven for Me," and it was published by Greenville University's Press. Um, The script. There is a dream I can't imagine, and a sun I cannot hold. There's a passion I seek, and a kissless cheek, and a love as pure as gold. There's a child I need, and a father's greed, an ocean of tears I've cried. There's a heaven that cradles my baby and a question not answered why. God holds what I cannot, a dream that fades away. There's an angel dressed as my child and an image that I portray. There's a song inside the air and a kiss against the sea. One heart filled with the purest gold. There's a baby in heaven for me. When earth stole my only child and heaven adopted a son, it was life I truly hated and a bond that was undone. There was a master I could not demand, a decision I could not free, but still my joy, my lost little boy, was a baby waiting for me. God holds what I cannot, a dream that fades away. There's an angel dressed as my child and an image that I portray. There's a song inside the air and a kiss against the sea. One heart filled with the purest gold. There's a baby in heaven for me. Dedicated to my brother and his baby waiting for him in heaven. In peace. You have read another piece about your brother's baby. Yeah, I know. It was a, I forget I which remember, one it was. Yeah. It was a free verse piece. This is a it, this is actually a song lyric, so. Mhm. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. And I love that you, that you are Im- making, you know, immortalizing him. Mhm. In love through your words. Yeah. That's he would have been um thing. I think I think he would have been 19 now. 19. Yeah, wow, the wow. years just go by. <laughs> 19, I think. I know. Be. Doesn't it make you feel old? Oh, very, very old. Yeah. It's horrible. It's like, you know, it's, it, you know, I remember one time, because I saw Annie, was Annie who's been coming on. I knew Annie back in the 80s. 
and mm-hmm. she had a little girl. It was just this tiny little pip squeak of a, of a little sprite, and you know now she's an adult woman who called in and read on the show, and so it's like, how did that happen? You know, I'm I'm, I'm still only 20 years old, so how did that happen? <laughs> right. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, time is just one of those things. Just flies by. Before you know it, it's gone. <laughs> but yeah, right. we miss them. What's your next one, but, baby? Yeah. My next one. Uh, this one was published in the Elephant Journal, and it's called "To the 25-Year-Old Bully at Work Who Thinks God Hates Me Too." This one's for you. Your hands remind me of Hitler's. The way you parade around the office high-fiving your white heterosexual friends as if saluting a bunch of neo-Nazi fifth graders at a playground. You walk with a strut around the office as if goose-stepping is a form of masculinity people actually find attractive. Well, I don't. You claim God is on your side, yet your fists are like anvils when you place them on my desk, as if you're pressing down on my chest while you test the waters of this pansexual parasite, trying to scare me into a submissive river of righteousness, yet I will not sink into your murky, cowardly waters. I will not baptize myself into your false beliefs. You see, I can smell the white supremacy on your breath. And your homophobic tongue lashes out so often. I can taste the leftover bits of flesh from the backs of others you have beaten in the air. And when you walk in the room, a haze of forgotten gaze still lingers in the atmosphere. But I will never fear you. Nor will I swallow. Nor will I swallow your shotgun barrel fingertips. Every time you point them in my direction of my lips to hush me in hopes the back of my head flies off, no, I will not back down. I will not stand up for every, I will stand up for every homosexual, bisexual, transsexual, and lesbian soul you've ever trampled over. Stand up for those who you served guns for eyes and bullet-like stairs for the main course. Stand up for the ones you treated like subservient humans. You with the delusion of wanting to rid this world of our kind. As if we were a kind the world needs rid of. As if because we love a different way than you do, you can justify your cruelty with the loyalty you have for the cause, a cause that you actually believe in. Just because someone else is different, tell me, does your God believe in your cause? Does your God justify your acts as biblically humane? Because the Bible says God created us all in his image. And I imagine, I am imagining God is waving a pride flag right now, sporting all the colors of the very rainbows he created and believe, and I believe he is looking down on you like you look down on us with disgust you so rightly deserve because I serve a God of color, 
I serve a God of differences. I serve a God worthy of praise because he created us too in his image. And if you believe that that image is a gay one, then go ahead. Hate on us all you like. But my God is a happy God. Happy with this pansexual man he created in his image. And I'm proud to say I am his child. So to the 25-year-old bully at work who thinks God hates me too, fuck you. You and Hitler can enjoy the afterlife together, high-fiving and saluting your death away. But I am going to be with God when I die in his rainbow sky forever in peace. That was awesome. I absolutely loved the fight in it. and the, Thank you. I mean, this courage and the strength. That, you know, that poem probably couldn't have been written 10 years ago. Oh, no. Well, it might have been written, but it certainly wouldn't have been read out loud. <laughs> That's true. That's for That's sure. True. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wouldn't have been read out loud because it wouldn't have been. But there's a boldness um, in it that I don't know. I don't think would be real. Would have been real dominant back ten years ago. Yeah. You know the the past ten ten years have really kind of been a pretty big uh, catalyst, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. just absolutely yeah. started a forest yeah. fire. Yeah. You yes. know how I and, always uh, say that I, I sit there and I doodle when I'm talking to you guys because it helps me focus uh-huh. or I'll write down. And I'm sitting there writing and I'm looking at this and I thought, you know, because sometimes I'll, I'll doodle or sometimes I'll write something. You know, so I'll, I'll think of somebody and I'll something. So anyway, you came on and I'm sitting there and I have my pen and I wanted to tell you what I wrote because I thought it was really cute. At least okay. I hope you think it was really cute. So you come <laughs> on, as you come on and I hear your voice, I sit there, right, I, write, I wrote down, I look at you and see myself if I were a boy who is really just too pretty. That's what I wrote <laughs> when you called in. I look in the mirror and well, I see you. myself I, I, if I, I were like a boy that. I like that a lot. who is just too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, I try. I, I really do, so... But, um, I'm kind of fan. I'm kind of a fan girl for you. I just think you're awesome, <laughs> and appreciate who you are and everything that you are, and the way you embrace the world. I just, I'm real proud of you. Everything you're doing. Just so you know. Thank you. Yeah, I have a friend. I think we have a mutual friend. He's a mutual friend, me and you. Uh, Zachary Kluckman, who lives in actually two and a half hours from me. I think mm-hmm. he's your friend too on Facebook, but I'm not sure. But. Uh, he was uh, running. He's the uh, the president of the poetry New Mexico Poetry State State Society, or something like that. Yeah, um, New Mexico Poetry State Society. There we go. Um, and uh, he was doing a contest, and I wish I could have won, but I was just too ill, and I can't travel right now and stuff, you know. But. Um, yeah, he was having a contest the other day, and I, I was just thinking, I wish I could have gone to that. That would have been awesome. Because I love that kind of stuff, you know, just reading, you mm-hmm. know, really powerful stuff in front of a whole bunch of people. I, I, I enjoy that. <laughs> I used to. It's but really was... fun getting that feedback from a live audience. It terrifies me. I still do oh, it. Yeah. And, you know, I've done it in 
front of you know an auditorium of people, a coliseum of people, and I've done it, you know, in front, a, a smaller room is actually way harder than a coliseum. Mm. I've you know, never you been can't really pick out a sure. specific person, and when there's a small group, you can mm-hmm. feel their eyes on you. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even I forgot where I was even going with that. But I just I miss those days. Oh, where's I, I, I going with that, Levi? I can't. Yeah, they'll come back hopefully. Did I lose you? <laughs> huh? Are you Levi, there? Your line's still there. Are you with me? Hold on. Can you guys hear me? Hmm. Somebody in chat, Hello. let me know if you can hear me or not, because I can't hear Levi, but his line's still here. Okay. What the fuck is the chat? I see. Okay, we're machine. Okay, you. thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for letting me know. All right, so I don't know what happened to Levi. Levi, if you can still hear me, honey, will you call back in, and we can uh, tell everyone how to find you and stuff, and go through the end of this, and then... Uh, let me try to unmute you and then mute. Are you back? Are you there? Can you hear me? Okay. If you can call in back in, um, I'll bring you back on real quick after the next reader, which is looks like it's Jimmy. Yeah. Um, and then you can tell everyone how to find you, and we can go through all that stuff. All right. So I'm going to disconnect your line, and I want you to call back in. If my board is working. All right, let's go ahead and bring on 702. 702, can you hear me? Jimmy? Yeah, I can hear you. I just I couldn't resist the urge to mess with you a little bit. All right, so I can't hear you. I can't hear them. But you, you guys can hear, hear me? them. I know. Fix your board. All, all right, guys, I have no other choice but to hang up right now, disconnect the show, and come back on. So I am going to play a track while I do this to see if I can fix this thing. Jimmy, you just hang tight. I'm going to mute you again, sweetheart. And I'm going to play a track. Um, let's see. Oh, something that will give me time to do this. I know. Let's find Eddie Oliver. All right, so I'm going to play this track by Eddie Oliver called Beautiful Beginnings. Just bear with me, guys, and we will see if uh, – or no, let's do Angel because it's, it's – uh, let's do Angel. All right, so here you go. I'll be right back with you.
beautiful than my third I could remember before I knew it, y'all. I'm telling you, I found myself frozen. I was captured by her beauty like my snow coming down in December. With an angelic type flow Great She had this soft listening smile It just solidified her beautiful artwork Saw like a Picasso, y'all She reminded me of a Picasso But in all lessons, yo Just the sheer beauty Just the sheer beauty of her face My eyes never wanted My eyes never Never ran astray Nah
Okay, hopefully you guys can hear me. That was Mr. Eddie Oliver with Angel. Let's go ahead and see if we can get Jimmy on and I can hear him. Jimmy, can you hear me? Can I hear you? Nyla. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Hi, Jimmy. Hey. It's, uh, like, it's good to hear your voice. Yeah, technical issues are the deal of the day, it seems, huh? You know, they used to really, I mean, I would absolutely literally lose my mind panic. And I just don't anymore. You know? <laughs> I used to, it's like everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be perfect. And I have, after this many shows and this many years, I've learned that nothing is ever perfect. So I just, you know, whatever happens, happens. We, you know, we don't do it pretty, but we do it. And, but I am really, really glad that I can hear you now. So this is a good thing. Yeah, so... It is. Hopefully it's a step in the right direction and the rest of the show will go without a hitch. Um, Great so job on Black your Blackout Homes, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do it. Uh, I didn't, I understood the concept and I didn't, uh, I, you know, I mean, we, we, we get these ideas and the whole idea behind the prompts and the, and the different um, inspirations is, you know, you pick something from all of them that that may help you. You know, that you that you think may help. That may be a, a direction that you want to take. Uh, that will further what you're doing because we can always stretch our boundaries. That's one thing we can always mm-hmm. do something else, do something different. And I wasn't really uh, too interested in it. Not so much uh, for the process, but in my head, I was just it. It almost seemed like a lot of work. And it was like, and then you're, and it's, and it's, 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 a, it's tougher. It's easy and it's tough. It's easy because you just do it and it will come to you. But um, you are dealing with limited words. They are in a certain order. Um, so there is some creativity with getting that formulated into your own piece. And once I did first one, I was kind of hooked. I, I had more coming, so have no fear for that. <laughs> You're really going after that prize, aren't you? Yeah, the date with Nyla. Hey, <laughs> now. I heard you. Hi, Nyla. Hi, sweetheart. Good to hear you, honey. I hope you call in and read soon. Yeah. No, well, we'll say bye. <laughs> <Goofball>. <laughs> um, so adorable. Now, do you see why I'm out in my car? Yeah. And it even still doesn't work. The car, but, uh, the car is dad's anyway, man cave. Well, for doing these shows, it gets me away from all interruptions. <laughs> uh, so Levi, Levi, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Levi. Great job, powerful stuff. Uh, really, really vocalized with conviction, and that's what you need. I mean, that's what this is all about. So I just wanted to give that quick shout out. Perfect example of what we're doing here. Uh, so great job, Levi. Uh, Nyla, so I brought two new poems from this week, as per how I've been doing, because the the inkwell, my inkwell, has not dried up. So we're just going to keep rolling with that. First <laughs> poem that I'm going to read tonight is called "No One Else Could See." They tell you everything, just in case you need to hear. I'll tell you everything, just as soon as the fog clears. Dirty, broken room, youth spent with wounds stinging. Church across the street, 
you could hear them singing. Yeah, you could hear them singing. Your sheets are soiled again. Better clean them up before they see. That was so long ago. Try to forget, but lost the key. Their words are so kind, but they can never, ever know that what's left behind is what you cannot show. They can never know. Kill the pain. Kill it till it's dead. Stop the rain from pounding in your head. I got excited to take you away from misery. But dreams turn into smoke when you lack the tools for empathy. We all want you right here so you can write a victory. You burned every page in your old diary so no one else could see. So no one else could see. All you have is me. All you have is me. Reminds me of someone whose uh, split personality took over. Is it? it, That's That's what it reminds me of. Hey, there are no wrong interpretations, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you read, if you read through that, it's not. You know, it's like the only thing. You know. Yeah, it made me think about someone who's. So I, I need to know though. So now. Where is the person? What, what's going on here? Because to me, it was like so someone in a mental hospital here? who had a split personality, almost like the good and the bad, and he's pretending to be the good, but the bad took over, or something like that. That's what I got. Um, yeah, without, uh, you know, not um, not to put a damper on, on your interpretation, uh, but you probably... Well, I mean, I can see, but I can see where you got that. So that's not even. Uh, so what? What the uh, crux here is? Uh, this is a person who endured child abuse. This is the soiled sheets. This is uh, uh, you know, youth spent with wounds stinging. Um, and this is a person who has tried to block this, these things out as they're in adulthood now. And, obviously want to get on with their life and they can't do it. And the main protagonist or character in first person in the poem is the person who's with them is trying to help them achieve that. So. Ah, so it's hey. much nicer than what I thought. A little bit. Well, not, not when you, well, that's, yeah, it could be a little debatable. I mean, child abuse is never nice, but, but this is the, this is the after. And this is the mm-hmm. trying to come to grips with, uh, uh, because, you know, many of us have endured um, different things. I mean, it doesn't even have to be abuse. It could be uh, neglect. It could be what Levi touched upon with bullies. It could be um, um, just being poor or uh, anything negative from your, you know, years of youth that lingers. And a lot of things do. So um, that's, that's uh you know, this is the direction I've been going lately. <laughs> a little downtrodden, I know, but, uh, you know, we, we went from, from Abattoir and uh, Midnight Skinner uh, to the uh, pandemic musings to the lashing at the political morons to, uh, 
where we're at now, and I'm just letting the muse take me where where she wants to take me. So, um, next piece, Nyla, is called. Uh, I'm not sure if you read this one. This was this was actually posted last week, and I didn't get. I have not read anything from last week, and I saw all the tags, so I've got a lot of reading to do. Yeah, I was I was not on at all last week. Okay, so this would have been yeah, this would have been not not this week, but yeah, last week. So, or maybe the week before. But anyway, this is called "Just a Weaker Man." With your evening dress and tatters, and half the streetlights shattered, forgotten words come to me after dark. Chains of memories get stronger when you're trying to forget. The pain just consumes your tired heart. Fighting off the death fiends, the carcass of my soul leaves me broken and without sight. But I know if I could find you there, stand right by my side, together we could win this grisly fight. Just a weaker man than the one before. Just a weaker man, minus glory days, for they've been left in a timeless haze. I've been rattled to my very core, just a weaker man than the one before. In this town of empty outlaws, I'm just another boring borgia, and the blood is still fresh upon your tile. Beat the drums slower than lead, I'll march out with a clear head, and I won't even try to hide my smile. But the train is left for Akron, and my stubborn feet are tired. A rusted Corvette reminds me of your tears. Pack away your tin sorrows on the backs of all you've broken, for an empty stadium yields no cheers. Just a weaker man than any that you knew. Just a weaker man now broken in half. The wild one who always made you laugh. I've been blind, reckless, and untrue. Just a weaker man than any that you knew. And peace. Wow. Wow. That was freaking incredible. Thank you, Nana. I am really, I am so glad. I mean, I, I've been, I see all the stuff you're writing and how much you've been writing, and you're just like, you know, went from zero to 90 when you picked your pen back up again. And the stuff that you're writing is just absolutely amazing. You know, and it just absolutely tickles me. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I can't explain it any other than um, it was, you, you, you hit it on the head, zero. There was nothing. There was nothing, and I gave myself that excuse. I gave myself the block excuse, and it was such a nice, neat, pat excuse that I could just pack away and say, hey, not my fault. I got the block. I mean, maybe it'll come back, maybe it won't, and that was bullshit, and it took me a lot longer than it should have to realize that, um, but, and I, I guess maybe the pandemic hit. It was something we hadn't experienced before in a lot of ways, and the division throughout the country and everything that, that went along with it, um, it stirred something inside. And you remember when I first started back up and I was calling the shows, I wasn't making every show. I was hitting like maybe one of three, or I'd hit two or three in a row, and that'd be gone for a month um, because I didn't really know what I was doing. It's like I had found my footing, but it was really slippery. 
you know, coming from nothing to starting again. And I was writing maybe two or three pieces a month, and I was okay with that. Uh, let the words come as they may. And then, um, I don't know, about four or five months ago, it just kicked into uh, high gear, and I, I just, it's just flowing out of me. And I'm trying to temper it. I'm trying, I'm trying to make sure the one thing you want to make sure of, and you touched upon this with the inspirations, is you know, every time you sit down, you don't necessarily want to write. And uh, if it's coming to me that fast, what I don't want to do is just put out anything. I mean, the idea is you still want, you know, your work to stand for you and, 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 and have it be uh, meaningful in whatever way it can be to whoever's um, reading or listening to it. So um, I've been really um, – that's another part of what I've been doing, unlike the early days, um, reading over things in my head, writing it down. It, they come fast. I mean, I'm writing these poems. I, I, seven to ten minutes is about average to get one of these poems like I read tonight. And, but then I go over it, and I read it back to myself, and I read it aloud to myself. And I, and I might make some minor changes here and there, usually for flow. And, um, and if it's good, and if it gets my stamp of approval, then it's going to get put out there. And like I said, hopefully they keep coming. I hope so too. If they don't, that's fine. It's okay for your brain to take a break. Your muses can find you know. Absolutely. I, I'm sure you weren't. Yeah. You didn't stop being creative at all when you were taking your break. You know, usually if you're a creative person and one muse is silent, another one will take over. You know, that's just normally the way of things, yeah. no matter what it is. You know, I know one of your muses is completely different than poetry, but one of the things that you do that's very creative is you love to cook. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, I watch your food posts like crazy. And I don't know what that was <laughs> felt at work, but all those freaking bear claw jelly filled donut hole things, I will come help pick those up. <laughs> yeah, saw them out first before you eat them, though. <laughs> that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's how we do it in the big city. That's how they, just so everybody knows, when you come here and you're paying that exorbitant amount of money for these danishes, realize that they're probably not being baked fresh. Uh, most of the bakeries are not baking fresh anymore like they used to, and they're buying massive amounts of product and storing them in the freezer and thawing them and heating them and serving them to you. So doesn't mean they're not good, but good thing to know. Um, all right, now, so let's move it along. We have a lot of poets coming up. I think Michael Todd's coming up here pretty quick. I can't wait to hear him. And uh, so Jimmy Ray Davis on Facebook, please hit me up. I got a lot of uh, – a lot, lot of uh, – uh, friends here on, on the show, and I've got room for more, so don't be shy. Also, ReverbNation.com forward slash Word Machinist to hear my recordings. And, as always, you can hear me every week right here on the Speaking awesome. Cafe. That was a plug. I'm not charging you for that one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Love you, Thank you, sweetheart. Love you, too. We'll talk to you next All week. Right. Give Missy hugs for me. Okay. Will do. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring on our next caller. Comes from area code seven three one seven three one. You're on the air. Hi, hey, this is Michael Todd. Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. By the way, to get a hold of Jimmy on Facebook, it's facebook.com/slash/wordmachinist one word. If you look up Jimmy Ray, there are three thousand seven hundred forty-two Jimmy Rays. You'll go crazy. But if you look up Word Machinist, you're there. 
Awesome. We forgot to do that, didn't we? No, I'm just speaking from experience. Uh, <laughs> so the show got a little crazy there. It disappeared and whatever. Uh, I sh- <laughs> hey, I sure hope Eli didn't get hit by lightning. No, okay, let's no, move no, on no. Now. <laughs> let's move on now. Okay. Uh, I want to feature a new friend tonight. Somebody her I know? Is, her name is Ginger Ray. And uh, Jimmy Ray knows her because I actually went running around on his page looking at his friends, and I found her. That's how she was. She goes through his poems and reads them. I'm like, who's this person? So so I like scoot on down. She's got this really, really, really nice poem that I just read over and over, and I found myself reading it aloud. And then I asked that question, would it be okay if I read it to some friends? And she said yes. So to go to Miss Ginger Ray's You page, said if she could read it to some, you could read it to some friends? Yeah. She doesn't know that the yeah. friends is the whole world, does she? No, no, I didn't really get that deep with it. But uh, <laughs> anyway, she has a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash ginger.ray.716. And you got to watch the spelling here, G-I-N-G-E-R dot R-A-E dot 716. She's pretty fantastic. She had another really cool poem right behind that, and I stopped on two. Okay, this poem, she said at the beginning of it, based on some of my darker visions, and I believe her. And the poem is called Delirium by Ginger Ray. Demons, dragons, angels, and beings haunt my thoughts and blind my reason. Fear disguised as knights in metal, cold half-humans, taunting devils, dragging me down to lower realms, hysteria free of wishing wills, darkness misty, damp, and loveless, Chilly, cold, hard cliffs of madness. Scales as hard as steel and mortar. Flesh as gray as withered corpses. Minds as harsh and fierce as soldiers. Centuries of vicious carnage. Cunning, sharp, and twisted purpose. Piercing eyes, intentions ruthless. Wicked minions, silent staring. Solo troopers, angels hailing. In peace. Wow. That was incredible. I looked her up. She's not on my friends list, so I just added her. Sweet. Tell her Mike said hello. I'm going to tell her that I heard you read her poem. Well, all right. I'll send her the link. I do that to anybody I read their stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely let her know that I thought it was pretty... Pretty incredible piece. So thank you. I love it when you bring people and share them with us. Because now I'm on a mission to get her to uh, come read on the show. But I kind of like it. her. I'm looking through her page. She's like kind of, kind of dark and creepy. I think I'm yep. in love. Go for it. I can't say that. <laughs> I have a picture of her dressed as Elvira. That's really funny. I used to. Enter Elvira contests all the time. Very cute. I'm wow. glad you introduced. Hello, Ginger. Beautiful piece that you wrote. Now you got to come read for us, too. I'm so pushy, aren't I? 
You are. I am. I'm glad and you so love me, though. I do. What are you going to read now? Well, again, I'm going through all my old stuff and printing it off, and it just so happened that the one that I came on right here uh, kind of follows, well, it gets a little on the dark side, I guess. And this was 2008, and, uh, boy, this was obscure. I, I may have read this on the show once, and I may not, but, you know, it doesn't really have a holiday to fall on. We'll just make it up. This is uh, The Vampire Diaries. Amish assault. He entered this village, moved freely among them, as though from a neighboring tribe. I got page two. Wait a minute. I'm glad I numbered the pages. Thank you. I'm sorry. I got caught. No. All right. Here we go again. The Vampire Diaries, Amish assault, by Michael Todd. The ancient vampire was sluggish as he awoke from his hundred-year sleep. The last thought he remembered was asking his lord his soul to keep. He snickered at the thought of his folly. Who says the undead can't be jolly? As he stretched his old bones, he wondered what transpired in his time leap. As he thought to himself, he recalled a recurring dream that came his way. There was a young girl with long black hair, dressed in black, costume of his day. She broke no smile, features frozen. He was infatuated by her lack of expression. He conjured her up, the location of this gothic vision, made plans to be on his way. Not recognizing this place he saw, recalled his Europe had become a tough town. Packed his belongings, closed his eyes and said, Romania, I'll see you around. Transcending space, he had no way of knowing Wisconsin was the place he was going. When he came to himself, he was standing at dusk, alone in this place he had found. His keen ears listened for the sounds of the night. He heard a coyote wail. Not much of a wolf, he laughed to himself. He called out, but to no avail. Strange, they always come to me. I don't recall having one to flee. The coyote ran in the distance, not wanting any part of that, as far as he could tell. As the Romanian prince travailed the miles, he came upon a distant fire's glow. His countenance changed to that of a bat. They're not really blind, you know. He came upon a gathering crowd, two dozen or more, as he allowed the bonfire before him caused his blood to stir. He might salvage a witch facing woe. Those are always grateful, you see, but sometimes their power can match up to the man. But a challenge is for the taking. He looked to find her. Was she part of the plan? As they huddled together, no witch to fry, and no post in the middle on which to tie. He wondered aloud, just what is it these people plan to do, if they can? Now here's what the old boy was witnessing as he fathomed the locals' next feet. The bonfire was merely scrap lumber from a project of the day, now complete. They had come together from nearby farms, and successfully together, they raised a barn. All that was left was to mingle and admire their handiwork, then sit down and eat. He entered this village, moved freely among them as though from a neighboring tribe. May we help you, offered one of the elders, a voice pleasant, no sign of diatribe. Nothing about this interested the prince. The voice inside him urged, get the hints. Then he remembered his reason for coming. 
said he was there in search of a bride. Good evening, he serenaded. He acknowledged the offer and agreed to take them up as their distinguished guest of honor. He was about to encounter some Amish potluck. He was placed at the head of the table and wondered if he would be able to eat what was before him. Not having eaten in decades, he really needed this up. As things went, the food was good, and as hungry as he was, he was not hard to please. Things were not as he remembered, not heavily seasoned, and an abundance of cheese. As the men sat and ate and talked of the day, the women stayed back unless serving kept away. When it came time for dessert, a young woman with the tray said, Have a few of these. The guest almost lost it. This was the girl of which he dreamed standing before him now, long black hair and black dress as well. While not sure of her face, he did allow this must be her standing oh so near. She was the one before him here. Get her alone was all his focus could settle on. The question for him was how. They put him up in the barn that night, though royalty he really did not mind. After all were asleep, he conjured her awake. In trance, come forth, seek me to find. She made her way to the future stable, stumbling along as best she was able. He marveled how well she followed his orders. Soon he would make her one of his kind. Well, these things follow a typical pattern, and this time was no different than the rest. She dropped her guard, then she dropped her drawers, and next came the part that was best. For all her experience, which was none, she lived up to the billing as the chosen one. When finished, he sent her on her way, since she was able to get herself dressed. Throughout the day, he slept the sleep of the dead. By setting of sun, he was recharged. Well into the night, he called upon his victim once more, his appetite now enlarged. When into the game, he'd missed his mark. He thought his eyes played tricks in the dark. She giggled and told him last night was her sister, which gave him an even greater surge. By months in, the process repeated. He nailed them all, and they in turn the guys. Life was good and death better in this Midwest paradise. All were on a permanent high. Could anything mess this up? Sure. The tax man came, calling for foreclosure. Since the tax man was the elder, uh, he said, pack up your things. Time to fly. It took time to get it together, but off they went, transcending back to his homeland. The village of his latter days had grown to flourish, and talk of him was banned. The Amish came in the early spring, their caps and lifestyle they did bring. At first, the apprehension of impending conflict was more than the town's people could stand. But things have a way of working themselves out, given a proper chance to affix. It soon became evident to all of the locals, nothing to fear, as the Amish don't mix. They kept to themselves as well they should and taught the villagers their way as best they could. But after business concluded with one tribe, the other came on, now working in shifts. For all the centuries of hate and dismay as the villagers plotted the prince's demise. Turns out it was a sad day when news gets out, the old boy just really up and dies. Too much of Rose and her seven sisters since that fateful night he chose to first her. His legacy of honor will live on, as in state, like fine Romanian cheese, he now lies. In poem. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You need to read that around Halloween time. I told you it didn't have a date. I guess it can, we could make it a Halloween thing. 
Mm. <laughs> or you can record it for me if you get a chance to, and I'll upload it to the show and play it on the Halloween show. That would be cool, too. Okay. Yeah. Piece of cake. Fantastic job on that. I loved it. I'm, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, and then this, I find out, yeah, the Amish. You're too cool for words. All right. Don't forget the person that was number six in line that you were afraid he was going to drop off on the call. Oh, I've got him. You got him? I've got hey. him. I hate him. But thank people... you for reminding me. Hey, he's important. We all are. We all are. You're all my babies. Mm. All right, then. It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. Hasta la vista, <laughs> baby. Bye, honey. Bye. All right, so go ahead and give you the lineup so you kind of know where you are. And uh, we have 832, which is Soldier Blue. Then we've got Mama. And then we have 615, Clarence. All right, let's go ahead and grab 832. 832, you're on the air. Hey, Ms. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? You sound better. Yeah. A little tired, but I'm okay. Good. Hold on a minute. Here you go. How you doing there? <laughs> I, a, I had to get everything all settled on it. This uh this is a kind of a cool piece. It's not my usual fare, but I enjoy it. Just because it brings in, it's not even really like, you know, what it's talking about. It's more just about, for me anyway, it's more just about the uh, difference of uh, of um, imagery that I used for this particular piece. And it just came, they just came out in their own style, you know. And I and I like that, and um, it's uh, it's always nice for me because I mean it's always it's a for me anyway it's a case of I, I have so many different ways that I can use language that it's like you know I forget sometimes you know just which which different veins I could you know pull from in terms of you know kinds of. Uh, uh, images and how they are described and so forth. So when I get a piece coming across me like this one did, it allows me to to pull in some uh, uh, forms of of imagery that I don't always use. It's nice. So, so for that reason, for no other, it's nice. Um, it's uh. It's, uh, this one's called uh, Black Tides. And I'm Soldier Blue, by the way. I didn't say it already. Um, Black Tides of a Soothsayer. Bones and all. Thoughts of opposite incantations. Belly full of rye. No, no fire. No fermentation. Just the grains of a root-bound being that found its way 
to the light. If only a quick thousand shafts of planted sunrise. She comes to me in the sodden sleep of a sovereign night. Cries the owl from its feral landscape. Schwong. Entrail loops and just deserts. Opaque, dusted, hidden eyes and Soothsayer hides from the public eye. She hides in plain sight from their prejudice. Bone passes for black. Soothsayer hands trembling not to touch touch ashes. Wealth iron leaves a bitter pall. Mindless bullet becomes its own story. Black tides rise, striking light from the lodestone. Fire, blood, bloody fire. Wretched red stains, westerly directions intoned. Ready for death. Stylus, curiosity. A book would look for, and so remains unread. The fearful refuse to educate the seventh generation of Red Earth for fear of losing their rations. Food pellets, the largest they have gotten used to. Sacred stranger, we call upon you to plant the war banner. Walk safely. Knowledge versus the insolence of the ignorant. We shall wipe your eyes clean for battle. In the times gone from flames long faded, we know. Your path has been shadow-stained, lacking in song and light, so we, as red earth, offer you truth and sacrifice, blood for strength of life, you, a clean-drawn breath, you have walked up before us, you death from the rivers with no mouths, we pray you will give them a voice. One with bite and toxins, so that the resident settler aliens would see what they have done. A T E, the action end of a word. Let us investigate. Let us taste the blue horizon. Oh, land's end. The sides of darkness skim the black tides of a soothsayer. We shall see how far the prophecy travels. Shadow, light, shade, and stripe. Shadows light, a shade too late between gray and white for incandescent. Dagonska. Dagonska. 
So we shall conjure the sky. Waiting for the wise women, we shall educate our young, scoop them as we would marrow from the bone, keep them high above the black tides, bones and all, as we pray and take part in the discussions of a soothsayer. Black tide, bones and all. We are the ghost road born. We have our eyes through the bones of the crows. Land's end. Soothsayers. We are home. Bone-driven bone. Wow. That was incredible, Soldier Blue. Thank you. Yeah, like I said, I like that one. It's actually more for, again, you know, for me anyway. It, you know, I mean, it, obviously it tells a story, but it's... Uh, it's like you know, like I say it pulls from different places for the uh, uh, for the imagery. So I mm-hmm. like that uh, difference, if you will. I do too. Nice. You know, and I do like that. It you know, when you share things, I mean, you're definitely not a one-trick pony. You got lots of different styles and lots of different ways that you write. And so it's really cool when you share those. Okay. Yeah. This one's kind of, uh, yeah, this one's got some road to go, but it also is, it, it, can, uh, it can stand on its own. The art of bones carved with oil versus sand. Silt of rivers long dead, bird terms, terminology, turn of phrase, phrases, phases of flight, light and perceptions of what it means to dream walk. Vagabond, traveler over earth, wabakti, wadashton, a beggar's bundle. Legacy, sacredness in the flesh, a spirit to ease the way for others. Dasi, cleansing by heat, endurance, encouragement for the strong, the hearts with the will to survive. Sitting in silence when quiet will do. The wet wind serves its own function, easing the leaves and trees from one season to the next, piecing together ancient dreams with the charcoal of firelight, bone marrow, the calling of one voice to another, the hollow sounds of music that cannot be killed, that will not die 
It is the call in dreams and dreamers on spirit winds, smoke and ashes, sacred fires rising before those who have gone before us. The smoother side of a polished bone, like you. Fingertips, the touch of life, tracing stone signs upon the slats of old bones. Those figureheads of our yesterdays. Empties. Fantastic job on both of those. Thank you. You, sir, are a rock star, and I'm really glad you're feeling better. Yeah, I am. I, I've basically been able to kind of settle things out in terms of the um, immediate surroundings and able to see a little bit further into the distance. So that always helps. I don't like um, I don't like being thrown against the wall and trying to pick up my own pieces. So I definitely I'm understand just, that. Yeah. Anyhow, I won't dwell on it. Uh, like I say, I found I got everything at least in a more settled spot, so that's a good thing. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook at RafeWild at Facebook.com. And then underneath in the uh, parentheses it says Soldier Blue. Um, you can find Soldier Blue Blue on uh, Reverb Nation. And then you can also listen to the uh, Round of Works with music and with uh, percussion uh, type instruments, I might add. Uh, my podcast that is uh, called Red Earth One, and that's a mix of a lot of different things. So, if you wanted to hear a difference of range in terms of you know some of the things that I've done before and some of the things that I will continue to uh, craft, not so much in terms of story because the stories tell themselves, but uh, craft as far as like. My uh, sharpening of details of what I how I say it, and uh, you can check that out too. Red Earth One, and it's on uh, iTunes and uh, Google Podcast and about six other different platforms. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for sharing. And um, shoot me a message and just keep me informed on stuff, okay? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not uh, leaving anybody out. Like I say, right now, it's <laughs> kind of me watching the dust settle, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll take it yep. from there. All right, sweetheart. Love you dearly, and we'll talk to you in just a bit, okay? All right, now. I love you, too. All right. Bye-bye, sweetie. All right. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller. If my board would start, stop misbehaving. Our next caller, 219. 
Brother O. Brother O, are you with me? Yes, Naomi. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I got your number mixed up with Mama, which is 216. So I thought it was Mama yeah, online. Okay. And I thought, what? No, 216 is... 219 is Brother O. What are you thinking, Nyla? <laughs> yeah. So... I, I caught I caught my mistake, so I'm glad I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you don't have boobs. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> what do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? Yeah, this is uh this is one of my uh classes. It's called Love is Interesting. It's not just words. Where are the <clears throat> excuse me, Joel? Where are all my real brothers in the building this evening? I need to have a real man-to-man conversation with y'all if you don't mind. Because it's important to demonstrate your love through your actions, not just your words for your woman. You know, my brothers, you often have the tendency to neglect the importance of backing up our actions through showing our sisters how much we care about them every now and then. You can tell a woman how much you love her with your words all day long. However, you have to demonstrate it through your actions. Because in this situation, love is a verb, not a noun. Verbs are words that demonstrate our direct or indirect actions. Nouns are words that describe people, places, and things. If you're serious about keeping your lovely queen around and avoiding that possibility of her shopping around for another brother's company, listen to me very carefully. My dear brothers, there are so many small gestures at your disposal for you to demonstrate your real love for your actions in addition to your words. Because it's one thing to talk about doing something special for your, your lovely queen. It's another thing to actually do what you said that you were going to do for her. I'm not saying to spend your whole paycheck to do something extravagant for what I mean by that is. Do something that's out of the ordinary, out of character for you, just for your queen. Remember, love is demonstrated through your actions, not just your words. You can keep it simple like buying her a card, buying her a special message, or writing her a short love poem expressing how much you truly love and appreciate her. Buy some flowers and several of her favorite things. Cook dinner for her. Clean the house for her. And watch her shouting surprise on her face. Take out on a night in the town. Go out for a walk and show your affection inside without shame. Take her out to her favorite restaurant and treat her out. Take her to see some of one of her favorite artists. Do something romantic for her. Give from the kindness of your heart, my brother. Participate in one of her favorite activities without you murmuring, complaining for once. And then you'll get those extra special treats in return, if you know what I mean. My dear brothers, you need to be reminded that you're there for her. You need to stay on point and pay attention to her needs, wants, and desires. And you need to show how much you love her before she disappears in the thin end, now you like for good. Now, don't get mad when you happen to see another brother's company because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Real women need us as real men to demonstrate our true love because it 
involves more than spiritual, physical connections. It's that special spiritual connection and foundation that you share together that keeps your relationship of marriage going strong, more or less than this form. Keep that connection strong because communication resolving these situations stay consistent with doing all the small gestures and always stay consistent in demonstrating your love through your words. Excuse me. Stay consistent demonstrating your love through your actions, not just your words. That's that piece. And poem. <laughs> you know, why don't you tell me how you really feel, Brother O? Huh? <laughs> I really feel? It was a joke because there's you don't ever have to guess how you really feel. You know, you are so, so boldly direct and unapologetic for your opinions, for your beliefs, for your faith, for everything. It's really refreshing. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Hey, are you going to read two tonight or just the one? No, just the one. Thank you. Every once in a while I get you to read two. Can't blame a girl yeah. for trying. Yeah. So do you have the nurses outside the room waiting on you again? No, 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 no. They, no, they're busy with other patients. <laughs> Good. I thought that was funny last time. Yeah. All right, baby. Well, tell everyone how they can, what's going on with you, and how they can show you some love. You can find me on Facebook on Omar Brother Gavin. I uh, posted some more of my poems on Facebook Live, and uh, just writing, still working on my uh, demo project. That's coming along very well, and uh, just thank you guys for your support every week, and. Uh, Still, still doing what I'm doing, even though I'm in the hospital, you know. And it won't be long before I get get what I came for, a new heart. Thank you for your support, and I uh, truly, truly appreciate the thoughts and prayers. All of you. Thank you, sweetheart. And, yes, thoughts and prayers with you always. So we will talk to you next week. I'll be back next week, yeah. <laughs> All right. You take care. Till then, honey. Thank you for reading tonight. No problem. Sure. All right. Thanks, son. Okay. So our next caller comes for Eric. I can't be. Yay. Clarence. Finally. You Clarence were able to hold on Rochester, all this time. New York that is has awesome. come back to. <laughs> The Speakeasy Cafe. Miss Nyla. I am glad you were able Ms. to hold Nyla. on and be here tonight. I was going to call you from the studio if you weren't <laughs> able to hold on and get on because it's, you you call in all the time, but you, you aren't able to, to stay on. So yeah, we yeah. were going to get you on no matter what tonight. <laughs> I'm happy that you did, and I'm happy for your persistence. I thank all the poets before me. I uh, thank them for sticking to the craft of poetry. And I'm just happy to be here. Well, we're happy you're here. What are you going to share with us tonight? Well, how do you feel about nostalgia? I'm a sucker for nostalgia. 
Well, I have an 80s vibe for you. Okay. All right. Oh, Sheila. Or is your name Rosanna, the private dancer? Maybe it's Roxanne. You don't have to put on that red light because I want to be your man. I mean, you must be my lucky star during this holiday celebration. I keep forgetting the message you sent me on ladies' night. You gave me numbers as we was riding the Trans-Europe Express during the final countdown. I called 777-9311, but what I got was the request line. You said your work number was 8675309, but that led me to this smooth operator that tried to convince me nothing can come between us. I was 19 at the time, and she had me stuttering. I felt like she had me dancing on the ceiling all night long, and I like it. The rhythm of the night made me realize you are in my system, so don't disturb this groove. Why am I looking for the perfect beat when we got the beat and the beat goes on? As I'm waiting for a girl like you, I'm watching this love come down, asking, is this love? Here I go again on my own. I mean, what's love got to do with it when I want to know what love is while you want control? And what have you done for me lately, having me jump over this eternal flame after you had me walk like an Egyptian? You told me to walk this way while I was going through hard times while you were talking to sucker MCs playing basketball, leaving me with these buffalo gals running with the night when all I wanted was sweet love. Then I found out you was really a Caribbean queen named Billie Jean proclaiming on tennis court your love is king, attempting by faith to make me your father figure to your test tube baby kids while drunk off Brass Monkey. You must be living on a prayer, wanted dead or alive, because you give love a bad name. I saw the eye of the tiger, the total eclipse of the heart. I didn't mean to turn you on. I was addicted to love, and I thought you were simply irresistible between the sheets. But is it a crime? I looked at all these rumors, knowing somebody's watching me as I saw you and him walking in the rain. The beautiful ones hurt you every time, so I implore you to take these broken wings while I shout, letting out how everybody wants to rule the world, and don't you forget about me. Oh, yeah, it's like that, and that's the way it is. How many others have friends in one love? I guess that's my philosophy through this power of love and the glory of love that has me thinking I want a new drug. As I traveled to Africa, I run into this Liberian girl who said to me, love will lead you back. After I asked, if it isn't love, is this the end, and will I be hanging on the string or just hanging tough? She responded, bet you she don't love you. You're the finest I'll ever know. I don't care about those other girls. Just be good to me as we ride this caravan of love. She didn't care that I was born in the USA because we could be dancing in the dark. She said and saw that I was too shy. And she says, no one's going to love you the way I do, which proves to me, under the sunshine, a broken heart can mend. She sealed it with a kiss as we went to Planet Rock. There's ain't no stopping us, and no one does it better. Can you feel it coming in the air tonight? 
that's that piece. <laughs> you know, as someone who uh, all throughout the 80s, I uh, worked in radio, Top 40. And uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely appreciated that piece. All song titles. Yeah. You knew I'd get that. <laughs> That's why I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. That was fun. That was really fun. You did Thank a great you. job on that. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're so going to do two, right? Do, yeah. I knew you were going to ask for another one, so mm-hmm. I had better do this. Or you'll hunt me down in Tennessee. <laughs> yes, I will. Yes. Okay, so this piece is called Words for My Friends. I crumbled under attacks as a lumberjack, chopping up the facts as I'm writing this hovercraft, snubbing the government, visiting the District of Columbia, finding the distant lover in you. But there's something I got to say. I see your policies policing monstrosities, following composites constructed to halt my speech, concerning concrete evidence found in the specimens that expose your regular scheduled programming showing your agenda. Gentlemen are feminine, boosting ingestions of estrogen, ladies sagging in their pants, carrying a bigger stick, media has the camera projecting in black and white. How can we be a community with no visibility? Children being sexualized by being famous by Disney pedophiles. Gas prices are on the rise on purpose to sell electric cars. Cashless society is only accepting credit and debit cards. So the Patriot Act is enforced to track where we are, what we bought. It takes four to six years for a potion to work from experiments. Most took it in one year, never reading the ingredients. Laboratory-made diseases and pharmaceutical greediness, placing the majority of people in fear and dread if you sneeze at this. I snooped the investigation counting one through four, becoming a masked man losing oxygen passed out on the floor, muzzled to say nothing, be a slave, follow the instructions. When talking, start mumbling like 50 so I can be can't be committed to the ridiculous. I listened to the Holy Spirit's voice, and I made the choice, saying no, which is why I'm unemployed, and yet here I stand making noise. Some call me deranged, insane, weird, and crazy, for taking the risk to lose pay as God awakened me out of slavery, Second Constitution, 1871. I chose to endure the trials of Job, Realizing the purpose wasn't my job. Indentured servitude hurts my feet to my soul. What profits me gaining this world I don't belong to just to lose my soul. So I'm all right like Kenny Loggins singing Caddyshack. I'm like a gopher going for broke under attack, but watch me dance. Past hospitals, nursing homes, and I'll be driving the ambulance. Graduating through this new life as a new man no cap and gown. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm just passing through like 5G in Electric Avenue. And my radiation level is mighty high. You wonder why? My God will provide as your blinded 
by the light. In peace. And there you go again, sneaking those little Easter eggs in there. I do my best. <laughs> oh, fantastic job on that, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank You're very you so welcome. Much. You're very welcome. So uh, tell everyone how they can show you some love. Okay. I'm on Facebook. You can find me backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr. or my group page, which would be the letter C, the word double, like a double cheeseburger, the number 34, music and friends. And since Dexter's Lab, my home studio is back up, you can find me on SoundCloud backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. We will try our best. <laughs> if you need you me to, uh, if you need me to do the hold the number and call you thing, then let me know. Okay. I will definitely do that. Thank you very much, Nala. Love you much. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Our next caller. Oh, come on. Being a little sluggish here. Is 832, which is Noreen. Or no, that's 863. 863. 863 is who we are unmuting now, which is Miss Noreen. So I am reaching over now to push the button. And. Unmuting Noreen, giving her lots of notice. Oh, um, okay, I'm get, I'm getting. Uh oh. Um, okay, I got it. Um, he- hello, Nyla. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's good to That's hear from good. you. Okay, thank you. Okay, and and for um for Gary tonight. I have his poem, um, I'll read his poem, um, A Death. One, one death, a heart stops, someone is sad, we shall gather around to bless and bury him. Life goes on, we cannot stop, we comfort the sad for a year, there's still a lot of life for our friends, we love Yet some don't know it till a death. The end. <laughs> I love it. Me too. Okay. And um, and for me, um, I'm gonna read the um, the the my blackout poetry. Is that okay? Of course. Yes. Um, okay. And this came from um, page 62 of Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Alcott. If, if anybody haven't read this, this is an awesome book. I I got this. I, I received this book in back in in the sixties, and I, I if I have it still, it'll be in all of these. We have so many books, and I haven't had a chance to go through it. But I found this on archive.org, the one that Robbie always talks about, archive.org, and you can download the whole book on there too. Okay, and um. I use page 62 
and this is what the poem might come up with. Good times. Wait, let me, let me start again. Okay. Good times. We're around the table with your mother. At, wait, can I start over? I'm going to get my other glasses because my, my prescription glasses broke. So I had a, I got now I got two different reading glasses and one of them is hard to read. So I got the other sure. one. Go ahead and oh, grab that's them. That's a lot me. better. That's a lot better. Okay. okay. Um, good times. We're round the table with your mother as a child. How rich in home love and happiness it was. Come over and see the jolly times. The end. <laughs> I love it. Okay, thank you. You're okay. very welcome. Okay. And and the second one is from um okay, the the um um the blackout poetry is from the book called Dared and Done The Marriage of Elizabeth Barrett and Robert Browning, um, written by Julia Marcus. And I and I went on page fourteen. There's a poem I um I wrote. Duet of love, an old-fashioned Victorian love affair. Love confronts Elizabeth and Robert Browning. Love's flourish, growing beyond the glow. Always conscious of writing inspired poetry on mysterious romantic. Their voices were gentle and low. The end. Wow. I loved that. Okay, thank you. I was so proud of you doing your blackout poems. You I didn't think that? I could I didn't think I could do it, but um then on, on, on your page Jenny Davis said, Yes you can. You can do it so I thought, Well, I should try it but I didn't I didn't think I could do it at all but I did it. Well you'd never written a sonnet before either. No, and I did And how many have you written now? Over twenty. See? Yes. You can do I think anything. it's 26. Come to the exact. Uh, I think it's 26. Mm-hmm. That's, That's true. incredible. Yes. And blitzers, I never thought I could write them either. And a lot of poetry forms I wrote, I never thought I could write them, and I did. Well, I, I knew you that could. Too. Okay. And thank I'm, you. I'm just tickled that you're doing them because you know you've you've done what two of the blackout ones now? Yes. So yes. that's twice you've been entered into the drawing. Yes. yes. And you know and how I, cool the prizes are, don't you? Yes, yes, because I got the coffee cup. I was cause, <laughs> because um I got the coffee. It was it's awesome, and I love it, and I'm I'm using it for my coffee. It's awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. I am so glad. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. All right, my sweetheart. Okay, um, you can find Gary and I. You can find our books on um, on Amazon.com, and you can find um, find us on um, Gary and Noreen Snyder. Um, dotwix.com front slash poetry. Then you can find um Gary on um ReverbNation.com, um PoetryPoem.com, and Facebook.com. And you can also find me on um, 
Facebook.com, um, ReverbNation.com, and PoetryPoem.com. And you can also find us on ko-fi.com front slash Gary and Noreen. We have um, gr- greeting cards and and um, and, and and other um, other things in there too. And I'm still working on the calendar. I'm getting um, I'm go- getting faster at it now. Um, um, I caught on how to do it now. Since I know how to do it, if it took a while, now I'm. I'm I won't won't take mom too much longer. I hope not. It's just right now I'm doing the tedious part. It's it takes a while, time consuming, but it's fun because I never you know fun to do. And then you can find us on here every Thursday night, and then you can also find um find us on Poetry on the Facebook Live at the Poetry Club every Saturday night at five o'clock. And then you can also find find us on um, have a have a chat with poet Noreen, and that's going to be this um, August the thirtieth. And um, Michael Rothenberg is going to be the guest. And then um, for September, I thought since I haven't had any anybody on there yet, I'll also take a break because I'm having a hundred thousand poets for change coming up in September the seventeenth on the Saturday. That is awesome. Okay. And if anybody wants to join, you're more welcome to join 100,000 Poets for Change. Just make sure that you keep that posted on my page, too. Okay. 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 Yeah, so people okay. can find that. Oh, and um, can I also post this on your page? Because I found this um by accident because I got an email, um, and it was talking about you can send in poetry. You have till September the tw- no August the twenty eighth, and it's for any any anybody who 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 don't have a child who's childless. You can um, send in your um. You have to go and find um. You can write a poetry, um, uh, poetry uh, photos, stories, um um, and art and art and and um. And whatever you have, you can send in there to them. Of course, you can post that on the page. You can do anything you want. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Very welcome. Okay. Okay, and th- that'd be it. And and thank you, Nyla, for letting us come on here. Every You're very Thursday. welcome, sweetheart. Okay. Because this is our favorite, Gary and I. This is our favorite show. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. You're doing an awesome, uh, being an awesome host. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. You're very welcome. All right, baby. We will talk okay. to you next week. Thank you. Yes. You will. You're very okay. welcome. Okay. Okay. All right. So our next caller comes from dun 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 nine. Oh, three. Well, hang on a second before I bring nine oh three on. Is it five? So four oh seven. Raymond, I see you down there. If you want to come on and read tonight, press one. If you're just hanging out and listening, know that I see you. Know that you're appreciated. Hugs, hugs, hugs. And then five four zero. Larry Shepard. I sent you an email 
because I saw you online. I don't think you've seen my message or not, not an email message. But I see you down there. If you want to come on, press 1. You're not losing your place in line. You'll be the next caller after 9.03. So 540, Larry, if you want to come on, press 1 so I know it's okay to unmute you. If you're here just listening, again, glad you're here. All right, 540, Larry Shepard, press 1. Okay, 903, you are on the air. Well, Kyler Davenport, Alternative Public Radio International, Senior Executive Producer, Investigative Reporter, back with you. I did Amazing Disgrace <laughs> last time. How are you guys doing? Absolutely wonderful. It's such a great intro. I love it. Yeah, well, we, we're we on the police. Uh, I'm the captain of the police fire and emergency disaster respite team, search and rescue hazmat, and we're on DEFCON 5 at the Pentagon, and we're on code red tonight, and looks like Taiwan's getting ready to be attacked by the CCP, and China is teamed up with Russia and North Korea, and it looks like they're wanting to nuke the United States. I just got word from the DOD about three hours ago. So you guys heard it I here first. I would advise all of you to lock and load and get some extra water and prep. That's all I have to say about that. But I would take my words very, very seriously if I were you. Awesome. All right, you guys heard him. Red team go, red team go. In the meantime, what did you bring us to read, hon? Well, I was uh, standing out in the middle of Katrina with little bloated bodies floating past my uh, my rescue boat, and I was out in the water and my waders and. I took this from several morgues and several crematoriums in my PTSD life. This was something I wrote when I was staring up at the stars asking, where the fuck are you, God? And I thought you all might uh, like it. It's a little rough, but uh, I know you can check it, right? Mm-hmm. Here we go. This has been my life since I was 14, and I'm now 65 years old. These images will forever be burned into my mind, my soul, my spirit. Body after body after body, they chase me day and night. This damn PTSD, the real deal. Business as usual for those of us who swarm to these nasty fucking grotesque scenes from hell. Read this. Listen to this and know a little bit about me, Kyler Davenport, and why I became a talk show host and nonfiction writer. Little aborted fetuses lying in my morgue and little doll's clothes that we had to buy at the dollar store. Little red ski hats we had to purchase like little shrivel prunes, eyes squinched. Mama says, don't they look so precious? I'm so sorry I lost them. I'm thinking to myself, fuck, we should just throw them away like we do most of the fetuses around here. Mama wants a proper burial, so I say, oh, hell, okay, I'll talk to the supervisor. So we give her what she wants. What a rip. Fetus after fetus. Fetus after fetus like little alien beings from another planet. 
I hold them in the palm of my hand like I have so many brains in the morgue. And I said, God, where the fuck are you? Standing among stinking, rotting, decomp, swollen, oozing bodies of all race and age. The smell in my clothes forever embedded. Just can't seem to get that shit off no matter what you do. Call after call after call. Sometimes you think you're in hell. Life is hell. But you gotta just keep on keeping on. It's in your blood, your guts, the gore, the stench, the stink. That next scene, I just gotta get to that next fucking scene. Fat man stuffed himself in a camper box. Blew a perfect Texas star right between his eyes. Laid there for three weeks when we got to him, a hundred degrees plus. I knew those parts were going to fall off. First a leg, then an arm. Ain't no body bag big enough to contain this fat ass, let alone getting him out of this damn camper. We're going to have to take his arms off. He was 19 years old. Being connected to the crematorium just made things even worse for my PTSD. Cooking body after body after body, raking what's left into my little tray, putting it on the table, picking out the metal with a magnet, crushing those final bones down to a powder. Oops, got to check one in the oven. Brains haven't fully cooked out yet. Got to leave him in another 30 minutes. Going to leave him in another 30 minutes. Oh, my God, it looks really bad. Even seen a body explode and go bad in my oven. Somebody's got to clean that shit up. Body fluid all over the floor. Happens every time we put one of these fat asses in the crematorium tort. Somebody's got to slip and slide in this stuff. How do you clean this shit up with a mop that has been used over and over and over again? We got a thousand toe tags stuffed in the back room next to the old wood stove in the barn where they used to burn little babies. Back before we had the big fancy retorts that sound like a 747 when you push the blow button. 1,300 degrees, two hours in your history. Assholes used to burn two bodies at a time until they got their ass kicked and caught. All kinds of nasty shit goes on around this place. I could give you a box of crushed pinto beans and tell you it was your daddy. It really wouldn't make a shit. wouldn't make a fucking bit of difference. We do it all the time. You never get the exact amount of ashes of your loved ones anyway. Many of these guys, techs, burn two, three bodies at a time if nobody's looking. You're just mixed in with all the other bodies in the oven. One after one after one, bones flicking, flying in every direction. That shit goes up your nose and in your hair, your breath, it down your body. I kind of miss that smell. It's an odd kind of natural, organic smell. I loved working at the morgue. It gives you a strange sense of power. 
I used to wonder what some of those young, fucked-up embalmers did to those pretty, fresh, fleshly, beautiful, sexy women that came in. Well, I found out later. Some of these guys are really kinky. They stay drunk and fucked up most of the time, and hell, you can't blame them. This shit we see is too much for any one person to bear. One fucked up deal was a little fetus lying on top of the vagina of a little 12-year-old girl. The fetus was dressed in doll's clothes also. Gave me one hell of a flashback. The black girl was aborted. This child was... The black girl who aborted this child was only 13 years old and had been fucked and fucked and fucked by her drunken stepfather. She aborted in the toilet. I had to dig that little snotty nose out. It's kind of a functional sense of dysfunctional eroticism to see a little scene like that. It's hard to explain if you haven't been there. Vagina, fetus, oozing shit coming out everywhere. Nose, mouth, ears, asshole. It just don't make any real sense. You lose your sense of reality. We used to sling bodies around in the morgue like potato sacks. This ain't no secret in the business. Sometimes we would get so busy we would have to sleep with the bodies in the ambulance room. I used to be terrified, scared to death, scared shitless of that. But I would never tell anyone about that for fear of being called a pussy. Back then, we didn't have a psychiatrist. Um... Throwing babies in the floorboard, hauling ass back to the funeral home. Oops, got to get to this other scene. Leave the baby in the damn floor. Might as well pick this one up on the way back. It's a homicide. Can't wait to get there to see the cause of death. That's what keeps us going, you know. The different ways people get whacked. The different ways people commit suicide. Erotica hangings are the most grotesque and weird and perverted people hanging from towel racks with men with panties on looking at dirty books hanging themselves for a giant orgasm hanging themselves a little too long and the end comes way too fast cutting bodies down swinging from the rafters at 19 years old is not something i recommend to anybody especially when their eyes are wide open, staring down at you, stiff as a board and dripping shit out of their asshole, foamy, frothy mouth and noses. It is a scene right out of an Alfred Hitchcock movie. My years in the business has taken a big toll on me. I don't even understand reality anymore. I know we live in a simulation now, so that helps a little bit. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've done it all. Homicide was one of the worst experiences of my life. I'm tired now. I still have nasty flashbacks every night. The bodies creep and crawl around my bed. I've got fucking post-traumatic stress disorder from hell. I've taken every benzo. I've taken the Xanax. I've taken all the pills from Big Pharma. Nothing works. Very few of my friends know or even understand the pain that I feel inside. It's hard for me to interact with people. It's hard for me to socialize because people just don't want to hear this kind of shit. I'm telling you this story because I guess you want to know what's on my mind. 
I'm 65 now, and I have to say, in some strange and weird way, I miss the business, the business of death, the business of chaos. End of story. You know, that was absolutely a freaking thrill to listen to. The Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I admire the courage and the guts it takes to write so directly. A lot of people, they, they don't do that. No, they 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 don't. They're afraid to be transparent and honest and open and perverted and dysfunctional. And to me, <laughs> you know, I I I teach perverted and I, dysfunctional I, probably aren't the adjectives I would have chosen. Maybe well, I raw, would because you raw know, I and would, I would. you know because it's it's it is. I mean, to be a good poet to me to be a good dark, dangerous, powerful poet, you have to to really be heavy you have to really get the audience's attention you have to really speak from your gut you have to say exactly what's on your mind you can't try to pick your words carefully to please people you have to just bring it out you know people ask me all the time how do you do this Kyler how do you do this and I just say you just do it from the gut from the gut well, very, very well done, my dear. I got one more litty bitty one for you, itty bitty. Mm-hmm. Can I do that one? Who is to say what is or is not to be? Why even say look to those who cannot see? Do not say listen to those without an ear. Don't be afraid to those who fear the out. Is not the end, the loom of twisted lies we spin. Take flight on constant matter, eternal doom on endless flight, hell bent on mindless fucking chatter. He said, we said, she said, on and on and on, heading for its final place, face down among the dead. Worms for food we are. Walk softly on this race we run. Slow down your hurried pace. Do not let the clock run out amidst your fall from grace. Thank you. You are very welcome. Great job on those, hon. Yeah, I'll see you on your page. Uh, like I said, uh, we got about 27 platforms, and we're moving to a new space and I'm going to television back to producing, directing and hosting community television with about a mm-hmm. hundred and forty seven thousand listeners. So I'll 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 read some of your stuff over there and I'll promote you guys over there in Oregon and uh Canada. We're taking the disaster team back up there and uh really appreciate what y'all do. You got some really good readers on here. I really appreciate them. And um I'll be around well, thank you. I appreciate you very much. And, you know, safe travels in what you're doing and keep making a difference. Thanks a lot. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. You too, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 585. You are on the air. Doug? Is that Doug? 
Doug, where are you? Mr. Curry, are you muted? Not for. <laughs> Hi, oh, Doug. I'm, how you doing? I just turned on the show, and I did not expect to be called this quickly. Do you have anyone before me, or they couldn't be? Um, I do have if someone we, else I can bring on, yep. Would you do that and give me a chance to just gather myself here? <laughs> I can do that. When I mute you, press 1, and then press 1 again, and that will put you back in the lineup. Okay, cool. Okay. All right, let's grab 919. 919, you're on the air. Naila! Hello, sweetheart. I wasn't even ready for you. <laughs> We've been we're having some issues with the lines and I think the lines just opened up because uh, boom, I got like callers all of a sudden out of the blue. Uh, I just think I might find what oh. Oh, maybe I spoke too soon. I just lost it lost a bunch of callers. All right, guys, if there's something going on with the lines, if you're trying to get in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. If your call drops, just keep trying to call back in, and it'll let you on. If you are on, don't hang up. You may not get back on. Okay, go ahead. That sounds scary. So I'm glad you're here. That's a, I'm glad I'm here, too. Chill, chill, and hear some Granville. Okay, I, I, I couldn't find the point that I wanted to do. That I wanted to do something new. Anyway, I will just have to put something, pull a rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> you can read anything um, you want, hon. Okay. Uh, let me see which one I'm going to read. I am going to read. Uh, I'll read this one in a while. This one is called The Lion's Den. I need peace. A woman must bring me For me, she must be easily endured. She must not be afraid of my silence and have little fear for the dramatic. I need peace. I must want to come home and not fear it. There is enough drama without my house. I do not. I. There is enough drama without my house. I do not want it within. I need peace and quiet. For after fighting the demons, 
as tomorrow I must fight them again. Not good to fight a battle on two fronts. From the battlefield to the battlefield, I think not. I need a lioness in the lion's den. For when the lion king comes home, sometimes he needs to be alone. He needs peace. It's a jungle out there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. (laughs) You know, I think that if a woman were listening to that piece half-assed, they would sit there and say, what? But if a woman truly listens to that piece, I think she would learn a lot about men. I, I think I told you this the very first time I ever heard you read that piece, and that is, you know, I think that the, uh, I think Proverbs in the Bible is something that's very, very worth reading. I think that that just has some really good advice on how to be a decent human being, right? And yeah. my favorite verse out of Proverbs, and I don't know the verse and chapter and all that crap, but it always stuck with me. I heard it. Um, I went when when I was a little kid. I went to my parents sent me to vacation Bible school for one summer, and I remember them saying this, and it says, stuck with me all my life. And that is the one that says, "It's better to live on the on the corner of the roof than with a quarrelsome wife." Exactly. Any time I would stuff. ever get upset, it it taught me to pick my battles. You know, every time I would get mad, I would think to ask myself, you know, I wonder if I'm making him want to live on the roof. You know, sometimes I just didn't care. I wanted him on the roof. But other times, you know, I thought, well, you know, this is, this probably isn't that important. I can, I'm probably kind of being a bitch here, so I'm just going to, you know, shuffle off and make cookies or something. I don't know. But I, I have a lot of, as as a woman, I have a lot of respect for the piece that you just read, just for that simple fact that, you know, I think that women can be pretty selfish in the demands that, you know, I need this and I need this and I need this. And I think that a lot of women, if they were to pay more attention and understand that men have things they need as well. Yep. And if they were to do those things, I mean, a woman's greatest power is in being a woman. You know, if you can make a man feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof, there's nothing in the world he wouldn't do for you, and there's no other woman in the world that could take him away from you. You know, so it's kind of like one of those things, give and take, the little red hen thing. If you want to eat the bread, help make the bread. You know, if you want to have a good relationship, be the good relationship. It takes to tango, you know. Mm-hmm, exactly. It takes to make it work, you know. And But you're right, Jenna, because my first show I ever had, I performed that piece. And when I finished, this lady came up to me and she said to me, she said, you know, had I heard that poem before, my husband and I would have still been together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's why exactly. I said, wow. Yeah, because 
because men, you know, we, a lot of women don't get a man's perspective because sometimes we, when we get angry, we just shut up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can remember my son, mother, used to say to me, when, when, I get, when we get angry, I just shut up. And she said, she'll go, yeah, yeah, give me the silent treatment. Thank you, Yeah, I, I, I just, I, especially being on social media and Facebook, you know, I, I don't remember what it was, but something finally set me off one day watching the stuff that is, you know, as, and especially as women, you know, but watching the stuff that women were writing, you know, just we can be vicious, we really can. You know, and that's when I wrote a poem, and my favorite, I think one of my very favorite lines I've ever written in a poem was this, and it was, women, quit cutting the balls off your man. A lion isn't a lion if he eats from your hand. Nice, 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 nice. You know, know, so you sit there and you absolutely badmouth your man, put him down, you know, rake him across the coals in social media, you know, instead of doing whatever you can to lift him up, even if he's not that high yet, lift him higher than he is, because if you do that, then he can reach those goals because you're holding him up there. You're helping him. You're believing in him. You're pushing him up. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a woman, John. Don't recognize how abusive their tongue can be. Mm-hmm. And they just start to like so words and don't care. And one thing about words, you know. Once they are gone forth, there will be no taking them back. <laughs> exactly. I'm probably gonna have a lot of girls mad at me now. But you know, girls, honestly, between you and I, eyeball to eyeball, we know that what I'm saying is the truth. We can be wicked. We know us. We know we can. We're not always the Disney yeah. princess victims yeah. here. So, all um, right, sweetheart, tell everyone how to find you, honey. Okay, and you can find me, Granville John Hedrington, on Facebook or Instagram. And, and you can find me at, at Nyla here, Speakeasy Cafe, every Thursday night. Perfect. All right, so honey, we will time. talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, I need to let area code 832 know that you are not in the lineup. Let me see who this is. 832. I think it's Gregory. No, it's not Gregory. I don't know who that is. Maybe it's Gregory. I don't think it's Gregory. It's not Gregory. All right, 832, if you want to come on the air, Press. Oh, that's Uma. Uma, you are not in the lineup. If you want to come on the air, if you want to come on the air, press one, Uma, so I can unmute you. Eight three two. Press one, Uma. Press one. I know you want to read. Okay, let's go ahead and grab Doug to see if we can get him back on. Dun 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 dun. Five eight five. You are on the air. Okay. So I had. <laughs> I had found everything I needed, and then I thought you were going somewhere else. I started looking some more, so give me a second. <laughs> to have it. Good to hear, Granzo. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I'm scrolling down to pick up one of the 
good old ones, I guess. Uh-huh. So. I'm, I'm sending Uma a message. Okay. So she, will, so she will press one. Okay, I'm done. Tell me something, right? <laughs> what are you going to tell me? <laughs> okay, so we just, just let stop right here. Just, so um, this is a, a blues called I Miss You. I miss you for the things we didn't do. Sit facing each other on the hard floor, sweating, counting sit-ups, crunches, smiling, each at the other, under the strain, sharing the burn. Come back. We'll just do it. I swear. I'll even turn the TV off and lose this pie. Are you still there? I'm here. That was all of that. Okay, I don't know if I don't. Can you read it? Was it short? Because like uh, you stopped in the middle. I know where you. I know that you cut out because what I heard was not the whole poem. Can you read it okay. again? <laughs> Actually, no, because I turned away from it. Well, fine. I'll just have to go back to the archives and see if I can piece it together. But here's something different. Okay. High noon. A cat on a windowsill yawns. No sound but for the TV's drone. A man alone, one day too many, is tired of enduring solitude. Upon his leaving the empty room, dark loneliness goes with him. Brilliance of the noonday sun casts tall shadows from buildings, trees, even birds in flight, but passes right through him, by him as one invisible of no substance, set adrift, alone at high noon, shunned by even his shadow. End poem. End poem. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you. I think that those were both too short. I think you need to do a third one. Oh, oh okay. All right. All right. One more time. <laughs> um, I'm right up. Okay. Death in America. Black Stallion runs the gauntlet, a harem of mares in his wake. Tottering folds stumble along dusty, desolate plains. Echo pounding of hooves, hardened, unshod, unloved, ears twitching, nostrils flared, gallop, trot, young stallion, your princely gait. Quackety quack quack, rabbit tat tat tat. Eerie shadows hover above as majestic stallion falls. And Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Those are incredible. Those are some I fantastic like, pieces tonight, honey. I like short poems. Wait a minute. I'm, or you, or you go inside. 
do you have readers? Do I have readers right now? Or do I have callers on hold? Yeah, do you? I do, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I can get put off. you on hold if you want to come back on and read something. We may have time. Or no, we've got 18 sure. minutes left. We won't have time. Sure. If you want, do you want to do that, and if you want to pull me back then, you can. Okay. All right, okay. sweetheart. Thank you. But before you go, because we, we only yeah. have 18 minutes left, and I've got a couple callers to get back on, so go ahead and tell people how to find you. Yeah. Well, I'm Douglas Doug Curry. I'm on Facebook as Douglas Curry, and I'm on allpoetry.com as Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99, Manchild, 99, on allpoetry.com. And that's where I write, and that's where I leave poetry, and where I'm I like to read poetry there too, so maybe I'll meet some of the, the listeners of our show. In fact, I do sometimes see listeners of our show there. So that's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome, Doug. Love you, honey. Thank you for being here tonight. You did awesome, and thank you. <laughs> and I got three poems out of you. I'm tickled. Bye. <laughs> uh, there's a method to my madness. All right, I'm going to check with, I know that Larry wants to come on, so I'm going to check with him and see if he's available. 540, are you with me? Larry, are you there? You're not there because you are on another show right now. All right, I'm going to check with Uma. Uma, did you want to come on tonight, honey? Hi, hi, Naila. Hi, well, sweetheart. You didn't mind. press I one, was... so I didn't know if you wanted to come on, come on with me tonight. Yeah, yeah I just thought I'll, I'll listen today and just listen, but you made me talk. Well, you don't have to. I'm not going to twist your arm, but, you know, we always love it when you read, but if you're just hanging out and listening, you do what you want, baby girl. Yeah, I think uh, if there is time, I can still listen, but... If there is something okay. I have to hunt, what I want to talk or anything, because okay. I haven't prepared myself at all. But all right, I well, I just wanted to bring to you on and tell you I love you, so, you know, just so you don't. <laughs> now that you have told me that, I have to read something. Let me see what okay. I can hunt from. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's a method to my madness once again. <laughs> One second. So... Let me first put it on speaker so I'll be able to hear. And let me go grab the page that I want to read. Okay, this is easier to do. Actually, there is one sad post that I have posted before, but I had to do some addendum, or it developed. It had to develop a little more, so mm-hmm. it may be I would love annoying. to hear it. Yeah, it may be hurting others or annoying that I am putting myself in such words, and my view may not be appreciated, but then let's hear me out. Um, it's called Pathetic, Pathetic Woes. I must have written in 2017 number one, but it still did not stop there. Somehow 
at some point of time, some poems come out and they grow. So this is one of such. Um, at the time when I wrote the poem, I had no idea how things could be or would be for anyone. And this is a response of my heart, knowing and noticing things that are going around. It says sometimes money matters are so worse and sad. I remember the cry of a child. While the night was still young and she was just a poor little kid living across the neighborhood. Fatherless she grew, for as a child she never knew of so many of her mother's friends visiting. Her anger was visible as she dared to call the very young kids in the neighborhood, shut up ye, blah, blah, blah. Was she even 10 or maybe 8 or 9 with pent-up anger? She would hit just to make her point, the rude kid that she grew into. What can a poor soul say when each night she had to stay up until late just so she could sleep alone in her own bed? The kid was tired each day. There was nothing her mom would protect her from. She was a daily scapegoat for those who would pay. What weeping was that? I did not call them who God. It did not occur to me that she was their breadwinner each and every night in need. Two days later, they left, never seen in any town or city that I've known. Maybe the mother knew that I was to call someone who would protect her from the dingy sad home. Wonder why the high school kids visited them during the day as the old man stayed out and the bed banged all day. She had yet to pay her bills. On some days she would lay. Years have passed. Little does one know of closed windows and unknowns until it is not. End poem. Wow. See, I'm so glad now that I said I loved you. You do, I know. <laughs> we all do. Because then you read. Yeah, I had to read this. And, yeah. Fantastic job on that. I'm really glad. Honey, I'm glad you called in, and thank you for, you know, you didn't have your hand up, but I wanted to check because I didn't want to not bring you on if you wanted to come on. So, well, that thank must you. Thank you. I must be getting because I was not really um, aware that I could read or speak or anything. I was kind of, uh, there is this pause that I was facing and you picked me up again. Thank you so much, Naila. You're welcome, sweetheart. You're very welcome. I'm glad you're here. You're important to us, okay? And I am found on Facebook, uh, Uma Gigi, and on Naila's program. And that's all for now. And rest of the time, I might come back and see if I find myself. 
shared with you, Bere. Thank you, Uma. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Bye. Have a great day. You too. All right, so I'm going to see if we can get Larry Shepard on. Larry, are you there, hon? Yeah, I'm here. Jesus. Yeah, I'm here. Making me wait like that. How's it going? Yeah. (laughs) Don't you know who I am, damn it? Yeah. (laughs) Naughty. Naughty by nature. You heard about I don't know if you listen to hip hop. Huh? I listen to you know everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm pan pan musical is what I am. I like all oh, okay. music. You know, the first genre of music I grew up to was uh, jazz. Mm-hmm. Of, of my grandparents. So, uh, you know, Lena Horne, um, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong. Uh, My dad was a sax, uh, jazz saxophone player, and he played in bands when he was younger. So Frank, I grew up listening to all the jazz greats yeah. as well. Frank Sinatra, you know. You know who I had a crush on from the Rat Pack from that era? He used to sit and watch Turner Classic movies and things like that. You know who my who I just absolutely was in love with? Dean. Sammy Davis oh, oh, Jr. Davis Jr. Sammy so Davis Jr. The first time I saw him perform Bojangles, that was it. I was his. Mr. Bojangles. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Loved that man. Oh, Frank Sinatra, what was him, uh, Dean, um, his name, and uh, the three of them. Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. Dean Martin. Yeah. Sammy Davis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember when uh, Sammy Davis was on. Uh, Give me. Remember the show? Give me a break. Uh-uh. Give me a break. Uh, um, Nell Carter. I don't think Nell Carter. Give me a. I uh, was chief of uh, police and with some girls. She was help. Um, she was like the cook and stuff like that. I don't oh, remember. Sir. I didn't watch a lot of TV though. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, I want to name my title of my poem. I want to give a hip-hop name of my piece. It has to be a hip-hop name? I'm telling to you. Whatever name is, is that's the name of my poem. Does it have to be hip hop? Yeah, I'm telling to you. Challenging uh, your mind. <laughs> Challenging my mind. Yes, stretching it. I I, I can stretch your mind. And I mean, if I wanted to be a professor at, at this. All right, let's do 
Tupac would be too easy. Let's do Little Wayne. Little Wayne, which one? I don't know, Little Wayne. Little Wayne. Okay. All right, there. Right. His, his first name, his real first name is Dwayne. I know that. It'll be on the Okay. It's an interesting one. You want me to pick a different one? No. I'm going to stretch my mind. That's, that's what... It'll be... I could do, I could do MC Hammer. Easy. Well, you know, this is the thing. If you always take the easy way out, We'll never find the easy way in. <laughs> I could do vanilla ice so again. You need the hard way out so you can get. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> you're trying to. You're trying to. I'm drown. You're trying to put jaws in my pen. Yeah, that. Run yeah, DMC. Yeah, that, yeah, that. Ice cube. Doctor like Dre. Jaws. Doctor Dre. Oh, Fifty cents. LL Cool J. Doctor Dre is one of my favorites. Okay, do Doctor Dre for me. That'll be fun for you. All right. right. I keep the heads ringing. Okay. I want to stretch your mind, stretch your pen for for so much sake. Everything is stake. What can we relate? I want your head. Moving to the dance floor. I want you to keep growing like never before. You see, I got your head, oh mine, right in the groove. I'm ready for you with no hesitation. I'm ready to include your review. I got your head mopping. Can't you feel us? We be driving like on the highway. Man, we enjoying this because it's Friday. Mob your head. Doing all your dance. Go ahead and get right to it. Because I know we're going to advance. We got the drinks and we got the food. We showing gratitude because we got the attitude. We're going to party like the longitude, the latitude. Can't you feel this? You mop your head. Can't you get real of this? I know you mop your head. I got a freestyle like a choir. I'm burning this whole mic on fire. So I got a question. What's your natural desire? Are you still mopping your head to that? Ring, ding, dong. Ring, ding, 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 dong. Live long. Twice stand correct. More life like we in effect. We're going to live live like so direct. You see, it's a type of group that I had to inspect. The architect is here. The words are so clear. You can go ahead and read them. You can see them on the screen. Now, I wake up. Oh, go ahead and stay in that dream. Maybe you dream something big. You'll be a part of this life. I got your head ringing. And you'll be ringing all night. This is all the man cares, Matt. Lyrical engine.
thing is in morning pipe and dry. <laughs> Fantastic job on that, sweetheart. You get five gold stars. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you going to do another one tonight? Yeah, okay. I, I want you to give me an R&B title, and that's in my poem. An R&B title? R&B. You said you would start to run some music, right? Yeah, but you are an R&B song or an R&B singer? R&B singer. The first one you say is the first one I'm doing. Tony Braxton. That's a strange thing. You said Tony Braxton. Yep. Right. That's my woman's uh, favorite. uh, That's her favorite uh, musician. So Tony Braxton is. How many ways? I could count all the way down to ten. You see, when I think about you, it's like all over again. How many ways? If I said that I love you, does the breath of my whole voice go ahead and touch you? I'm not trying to make this life so rough. I'm just trying to give you love, life, and maybe more than enough. I'm going to deep right up to your stuff. And I don't want this life to be too tough. See, I don't want you to be driven away. I want love like this, so how many ways? I can count all the way to ten, and then we just start all over again. You see, the top ten is my countdown. Or maybe I just go ahead and count up. Because we are here together. How many ways? How many ways can I say I love you? How many ways can you feel the vibration? How many ways can I kiss you and let you know that I miss you? How many ways can I give you that type of love that when I cheer for you, that I want you to do better? How many ways are we together? 